Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a conversation from Better Together. Better Together is TBN's first daily original program made by women for women. They discuss faith, family, and so much more. No topic is off limits. Let's dive into the message. When I turned about 18, um, I just said to my family, now, I'm living in Australia, I'm Greek, and um, I said, I'm 18, and in Australia, 18, you, you know, that's when you yeah. kind of are an mm-hmm. adult. And I said, I'm going. And off I went to Europe, because I said, I could do whatever I want to do now. Like, for some reason, I had this thing locked up that as soon as I came of age, I got my freedom, and my freedom meant that I could do whatever I wanted to do which was awesome, Um, except that it led me to (laughs) such a life of destruction and pain. And it was my first real awareness that sometimes what we think is freedom is not really, really freedom. It's a a bondage. I I thought about the same thing with my um, Sophia because I remember one day she's coming down the stairs and she went to the refrigerator. She didn't think I could see her. And she's like, gets the ice cream. She's like chopping down the chocolate (laughs) ice cream. Literally, the kid's covered in chocolate ice cream. I'm like, Sophia, what are you doing? Nothing, mummy. And like, Sophia, are you eating ice cream? No, mummy. Like, you know, how, how, I know none of your kids have ever told a lie, but my child, like, no, mummy. And I said, um, you know, Sophia, I told you that you can't have any ice cream. And I just remember this kids like barely talk, and she's like, you're not the boss of me. I can do whatever I want to do. And I thought, man, that nature that is in us that somehow equates freedom is. No one is going to tell me what to do, Mm. whether you're a kid having ice cream or whether you were just rebellious like me. Or I was thinking of just our world in this last season, man. It's been amazing to me en masse. Remember in the book of Judges, it says um, everybody did what was right in their own eyes and it ended up in a mess. And I think pretty much through 2020, 2021, starting 2022, I'm like, this is what our world is like. It's like everybody is doing what is right in our own eyes. And yet, I had someone say this to me recently, you know, yeah, well, Christine, I can do whatever I want to do, even as a Christian, because it's for freedom. Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that Christ set me free. So you could take a scripture, like it's for freedom, Christ set me free, to sort of be like Sophia, I can do whatever I want to do and I can. And yet in Galatians and through Romans, actually, Um, When Paul talks about freedom, he says, yes, we're totally free from the law and the bondage of sin and the things that we were once enslaved to. But we have become in our freedom bond servants to Christ Jesus, which means we're now free to make right choices. And I think in the world in which we live, uh, where freedom has been taken, flaunted, used to manipulate people Mm. to justify whatever I want to do and... um, And we're living in a time, I think a little bit like the book of Judges, where everyone's just doing what is ever right in your own eyes. And I see it everywhere, education, society, in film, in music. You're like, wow, Um, 
I think that we need to have this very important conversation of what did Jesus really mean? What did it cost God to give us freedom? And also what does freedom really mean? So, you know, I'm looking at you, Crystal, thinking freedom is definitely not just doing whatever you want to do. No, it's not. It is understanding that freedom always comes with a responsibility. And the question is, is who is holding or has held that responsibility for you, Mm -hmm. for you to enjoy whatever freedom you think you have? I mean, even as we think about America and the country, the freedom that we enjoy here came at a cost. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to pay for that. We think about our salvation, of course, our freedom right. to be bond servants to Jesus came at a cost. Yeah. Even when I think about, you know, my teenagers and how they want freedom. Well, they want freedom, but they don't want the cost of that freedom. Right. And yeah. so when they start telling me about what they would like to do based on their own desires and their own wishes, then they have to understand in order for you to enjoy that freedom, here is the cost. And that's a part of the transference Mm -hmm. of the cost of the responsibility. And a part of becoming an adult is understanding that the freedom that I desire has a responsibility attached to it. The problem is we are all first children. We're children physically, we're children spiritually, and we don't fully understand the cost of our freedom until we have to pay it. And then we not only understand it, we can appreciate it. So the trick for me as a believer is understanding that God has given me freedom and for me to show gratitude based on the understanding that I have. But the word tells us that he takes us from glory to glory. And the more we spend time with him, the more not only are we appreciative of the freedom that we've been given, but we understand the cost. That's a part of developing your relationship with the Lord and fellowshipping with him in his sufferings. Because then you go, wow, this is what my freedom costs you. This is the gift of my spiritual freedom. And this is what you've given to me. And that's why we can grow more and more appreciative all the time. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think when people have this concept of freedom, they think they're doing something unique. (laughs) So it's like, you know what, I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to do whatever I want to do but you look like someone else who's saying the same thing. And so when we understand that there is a pattern of the flesh and there's a pattern of the spirit. And so the freedom in the flesh, it looks the same. It's a pattern, right? You're going out drinking, you're drunk, or you're like, there are all kinds of things, right? That there's a pattern of the spirit and we have to come back to the truth of who we are first. And we are first spiritual beings. And it's to understand what is the purpose of this fleshly nature, right? What is the purpose of this body? And I think about the scriptures when Jesus would say things, or the Lord would say things like, you know, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the body is the vehicle, not the driver. Mm -hmm. And we have to now understand, like, if I'm giving into the pattern of the flesh, that's really bondage. Because I think that's the biggest contradiction in life, where it's like, how are we set free to be servants? And it's to recognize, no, we're being set free to be servants to our true nature, not being servants. And it's like, wait, why am I freedom and slavery and all these things? But then you look at it, because I have counseling sessions with people and they're saying the same thing, right? They're like, well, if Christ set us free, then I should do whatever I want. I said, well, he set you free from your fleshly nature so you can be who you are. And for you to be who you are, you have to surrender to the spirit that knows who you are. And so we have to really go back to who are we at our core? And we are first spiritual beings. Absolutely. I love the way Jesus puts this in Matthew when he's talking about how do we actually follow him? How how do we get to know Jesus in a way that fills his heart? And in chapter 16, 
in verse 24, it says, Jesus said to disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And it's that thing of when we think about what our rights are, Mm -hmm. our right is to take everything that we are and deny ourselves Mm -hmm. so that we can pick up our cross, which basically we think of that in a very watered down way now. But what it actually is, is what stigma do I have to carry to belong to Jesus? I will do that with my whole heart. What misunderstanding do I have to be looked at from other people, especially in a world where truth is here, there and everywhere? Those who stand for truth look crazy, like old fashioned and or whatever it is. And Jesus says, I love that. I love that. That's exactly the type of person that I'm looking for. And he talks a little bit further about people being known by their fruit. So this is how you know it's not the way people talk or how enlightened they are or any of that stuff. It's does their life look like a life marked by the Spirit of God? Is it bearing fruit that can only come from connection with the Spirit of God? And if it is, those who do the will of my Father, those are the ones who are Mm -hmm. truly free Mm -hmm. and those are the ones who are known as sons and daughters. And I want that. Without a doubt. I'm loving where this is going because the issue is that unless we truly know what truth is, then we don't know what we are freed from or freed for. See, the Christian gospel is not just freed from something. um, We are freed for something and to someone, obviously, to Jesus. And I'm thinking, I was thinking about you, Stephanie, because you pastor um, in LA. And of course, I know that in LA, everything is absolute truth, isn't it? There is just right and wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No grey lines. uh, No grey. It's just like awesome. (laughs) So here you are, you know, with your pastors, a church in downtown LA, a city where basically everyone does what is right in their own eyes, I would say, without a doubt. Um, And in fact, the whole mantra, I I laugh because I go, one day, 50 years from now, they're going to dig a time capsule out and they're going to say, what was the most famous sort of phrase in the early 21st century? And it'll be like, you do you boo. And I'm like, yo. Weird, and I'm like, I'm trying to run around the world going, No, don't do you, don't do you. This is okay, but so you're in the epicenter of a place which is all about find yourself self actualization, you know, self realization, self gratification. Um, you know, when you look in the even in the dictionary, all the self words and all the self help books, it's all about me. And if I have heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times, especially in the last two or three years, my truth even in the church. I'm like, how do you navigate all of that? Yeah, you know, the truth is always in the fruit, right? right? And so even though LA is full of so much spiritual fluidity and do you, boo. (laughs) (laughs) But the beauty is that the truth will always be in the fruit. And so when we have, um, you know, this influx of people who are like, hey, I love what's happening here, but I want you to speak to me based on my truth. And the reality is, where has your truth brought you to? Because you're still seeking, you're still empty, you're still broken. Mm -hmm. So if we are going to just keep you where you are, I'm like, that's not even the way of Jesus. He will meet you where you are, but he will not keep you there. So we'll meet you where you are, but we have to go back to the authority of the word. Because at the end of the day, there is the nature of the Holy Spirit and there's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. 
And when that's absent in your life, no matter who you are, whether you know the Lord or not, you desire to live a life that shows those fruits. You desire to live a life that just peace and love and joy and kindness. Everyone desires that that is authentic, right? right? Because again, in LA, there's all this charade (laughs) and you can act like you are peaceful. You can act like you, you know, you're loving, but then we see the fruit at the end of the day. And so for us, it's about having honest conversations. Even as we preach about the gospel, if you are going to want to encounter Christ, if you want to experience this, we're not giving you a high. You know, service is not a high. That you come in, get your fix, and then you go, and then you come back and get your fix again. But it's for you to say, you know what, I'm going to surrender my life. Because if you want to continue in the way that you're going, then you don't have to be here. But if you want to encounter real truth, based on the authority of truth is a person. Yes. Right, And that person is Jesus. And so it's his standard that we live by. And what has happened is that this is the beauty of testimonies, right? Because when people start following him and they start talking about the difference and the changes in their life, that speaks above everything else. You know, so for us, the standard is Jesus because the truth is a person. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this concept of our freedom assumes that there's attachment. A fish is not free if it's out of water. Right. You know, a tree is not free if it's uprooted from the ground. Mm -hmm. So freedom actually is who are you connected to and who are you willing to serve? Um, We're told in the Bible to choose ye this day who you will serve. So freedom is not about being unattached. It's about choosing who you will be attached to. And in that attachment, that's where the fruit then comes. Yeah. I am and the so, yeah. yeah. So you're, you're, none of us actually are free. We're just free to choose who we're going to be attached that's to. That's great. And then we get to see based on that choice what the fruit is that comes out of our life. And so to walk around and say, I want to be free, and that meaning being unattached, yeah. and I do whatever I want to do, being unattached is actually what leads to death. Yeah. Yeah. So really you're never really free unless you choose to be attached. And the only true source of real attachment is Jesus Christ. It's interesting because in the world in which we live in, they would be espousing the exact opposite of what you just said. Because I'm thinking even in the education system, some of the things my kids are coming home with, and we live in California, so there's just some interesting legislation through the schools. And it seems to be permeated on what they would say that freedom comes by allowing a five-year-old to make decisions about themselves, their identity, um, their values. I'm thinking this is where our society's at. This is not like, oh, one day in the future, this is gonna happen. This is today as we're, the future is right here as we're sitting here. Um, So you see it on a society, but I'm looking now at the generations, of course, because as you all know, I'm so desperate for my daughter to get married. She doesn't have a boyfriend (laughs) and I want to be a grandmother. So I'm so obsessed with the next generation because I'm thinking I've lived now long enough where I started, you know, in the 80s and 90s in Australia to see changes happen in culture, in morality, where sort of the the original idea of my truth started to just, you know, and you were considered so old-fashioned if you were going to say that there was a truth and that there was a freedom. And people, some of my friends would say to me, you're not free following Jesus. That's just full of bondages and legalism. And yet that's what Jesus came to set me free from. But they then equated truth and freedom with everybody doing whatever they want, down to a parent really should allow their child to be free and at five years old, their child could choose 
to be whoever they want to be, do whatever you want to do. If I could sing now, I would start, you know, I would sing <laughs> off that. Um, I'm just fascinated to know, because I know that everyone watching us on the other side of the screen would have some version of this, but whether you'll have come across this even in your own interactions. Are you enjoying today's podcast? This podcast and all of Miracle Channel's outreaches are made possible by our donors. Every day we receive incredible stories of lives being transformed by the truth of God's Word. And none of it would be possible without the generosity of people like you. If you'd like to partner with us, please consider making a donation today. Your support will help us share the hope of Jesus across Canada and around the world. To donate online, simply visit miraclechannel.ca slash podcast or click the link in the show notes. Thank you for your support, and together let's spread the message of hope far and wide. Definitely. Yeah. I wonder, and I don't know, Chris, I'd love to hear what you think about this. I wonder if this is the world's version of trying to deal with shame. Wow. I wonder if they've thought that shame is an outside job. And so if we say that nothing is shameful, then everybody gets to live in freedom. It's but freedom. actually, it's the exact opposite. You can't say, you know, if I say to someone, this isn't poisonous, but it is, it's still going to kill you. Right. It doesn't matter that we've taken all the labels off. And do you know what I mean? Yes. This yeah. thing is going to kill you. I don't know if that's the truth, but I've just been wondering if this is the counterfeit of dealing with shame, when the only way to deal with shame is to come before the Lord in all our brokenness and allow His voice. And this is where we get His voice. Yeah. This is the authority of Scripture that we stand on. And you got to believe this from cover to cover. Yep. And where it doesn't make sense, this isn't the problem. We are. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, teach me, Holy Spirit. I don't get this. I don't understand this. And He will. But this is where shame gets silenced. I think there might be something to what you're saying because if Jesus on the cross bore our sin and shame to yeah. set us free, yes. I agree with you entirely that just, it really doesn't matter whether it's, you know, Crystal or Laurie or you or Stephanie or me, if you and I make something up and go, oh, this is not wrong or this is okay. Yeah. Like you said, it's going to destroy you. It doesn't really yeah. matter what we say. What God says yeah. actually matters and God's intent. And I think Galatians is all about this, our freedom in Christ. God's intent is not to uh, save us into more legalism, into no. more bondage. It's just what we have. I think in our generation, perhaps we've heard on the side that we think obedience to the word is legalism. Yeah. And I'm like, um, obedience and legalism are not the same thing. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, some um, people go, well, Christine, I can just do this because Jesus set me free. So I'm under grace. I'm not under the law. I mean, Galatians, uh, Paul talks about this in Galatians much better than me. But at the end of the day, we are not set free so that we could just do, like you said, whatever our flesh desires, not because God's a killjoy, but because that ultimately is going to lead to further yeah. bondage. I am very open to hear from all of you about how we can communicate that best to a generation because I think a lot of that teaching has permeated the church world. So it's not just the world I found. I just came back from a big trip around the world. People are hungry. People are hungry for truth and yeah, freedom because right. people that haven't known Jesus and have done what is right in their own eyes, just like you said, yeah. it hasn't gone well. No. It's like they're at the end of the road and they're like, please, somebody tell me I can be set free from this. Yes. But perhaps Christians... And I think particularly you come from the South and you come from Ireland that has its own legalism. I'm wondering whether Christians that have been brought up in a more legalistic fundamentalist 
um, environment, whether they equate, well, oh, grace means I'm free to do whatever I want to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, And so a younger generation, the damage of that is stepping into a, its own bondage and not yeah. freedom. Yeah, you know, I think that the reality is we, we, it goes back to our desire, whether we realize it or not, to be attached. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when you talk about just uh, traditionalism in the church yeah. is people want to be attached So if I can make the rules and the regs and decide whether you're attached or not, because you do it the way I do it, like, are we really attached to the same thing? It's about attachment. And so, you know, I think when you were talking, I was thinking about the prodigal son. And when we talk about coming back, him coming back, the father never changed. Mm -hmm. He said, you're free to do what you want to do, to be you, boo. (laughs) But he said, (laughs) but he stayed put. And then what welcomed the son back was, even if I have to be attached, it's better to be home than to be mm-hmm. out here. Powerful. Yeah. So the goal to me is to say, what is home? Yeah. Yeah. What is home? My role as a believer is to say, it's not about the rules. It's not about the fence line. It's not about the building. It's about the fact that this is home and I choose to be attached, but I don't have to define your attachment. That's for Jesus to do. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I will draw all men unto me. My job is to live attached for you to see my fruit and to see that home is a good place to be. It's safety. It's It's safety. It's safety. It's covering. It's God choosing to be responsible for us. Yeah, and that's a choice that we make every day. It's not like any of us are better than anybody else. It's it's just that we have chosen. (laughs) Yes, except for you. is that we get the opportunity to choose every day. We get the opportunity to to live in the freedom that Christ gave us, the truth that sets us Mm -hmm. free, the truth that God is all power, that He is the great physician, that He is our joy, He's our peace, He's our rock, He's our foundation, all of the truths of what God, and if we choose to believe that, it's not do good, get good, do bad, get bad. It's choosing to believe that I get the choice right now to do the right thing, to trust, to stand firm in this. I've got the covering. You're right. I think um, our tendency is to step out of that, which is why Paul wrote to the Galatians, who has bewitched you? You foolish Galatians. You know, Christ came. I mean, he died on a cross for the sins of humanity and to set us free. And and then he says, who's bewitched you? And I think we could get bewitched in many different ways, whether it's legalism or traditionalism or bewitched to thinking my way is the best way. Or even with deconstructionism. Yes. I think we are so deconstructed that we're like, like we don't, we don't even like, for more we, yeah, that's it. The I, deconstruction I, has arrived. Uh, it's, it's we got like it. here. I'm <laughs> like, all right, everyone. I'm, I'm not sure. Can we start putting some Lego blocks back? Because I'm like, I'm like, we're done. But it's led to nowhere. I mean, when, and again, if you've lived long enough, and you know, I'm 55, so every generation thinks what they're going through is the first time yeah. it's ever happened. I'm it's like, the first I'm, time it's ever happened to you. That's exactly <laughs> it. Which is what you want to say to your kids when they go away, you know, like, like you've never been here. But like, was I never a teenager before? I mean, <laughs> they don't I, believe it. They, no, they don't believe not. it. It's like, so I think a lot of that is, thank God, because Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. Our job as 
mothers and, and so many of the women watching this that are freaking out about their kids right now or yeah. freaking out about that, that we have to rest in the fact that this is not new to God. The fact that truth is under the microscope or being thrown out, that's happened throughout history. It had this whole debate, he goes, well, what, now that I'm free, you know, is that, should I sin more or should yeah. I? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously this has happened yes. in every generation, but it would be amiss of us to not go, we're in a heightened moment of this right yeah, now right. on the earth. That's and. Right. And I love what you said. What we have to do is not even defend it, is just abide in Christ. That's it's right. abide. And, and I think too, even pressing onto the shame part, I think people need to know that wherever you are, Jesus will empower you there. Right. And that's the whole thing with grace, how grace has easily been flipped, where grace has become, I could do whatever I want, rather than understanding that even what I desire, if I don't have the ability to do that, then this is where Jesus empowers me, the empowerment of Christ. Because I think about when Jesus talks about what he's been anointed for. And one of the things he mentions as he was reading that scripture is to proclaim liberty to the captives. Yeah, right. Let me tell the people who are living like they're bound, you're already free. And so that's why I think about shame because shame keeps you captive to your past, to your mistakes, to your way of thinking, your way of life, what feels like your natural inclination. Because if culture or society says this is wrong, and then you're like, okay, how do I get out of this? Then I will make it okay. This will be my freedom. This is me living in my freedom. But for us to recognize at the end of the day, the whole essence of relationship with Christ is to recognize that there are things we're weak and he's our strength. Yeah. So we're not supposed to be our own strength. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from encouraging speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.